Hello. <laughs> we hardly know what to do because we realized with the shock that it's been two months since our last episode. Where did the time go? Time just flew. Yes. <laughs> because um we're a month and a bit into the new semester. Actually, it's week five already okay? yes. into the new semester. So we were preparing for it before that. And you went to Korea as well. Yes. For to, I went to Busan to open the SG Fashion Now, um, the third iteration of that show. Mm, yeah. So it's been a hot minute. <laughs> but here we are with episode 92. And we are going to try to talk about what we've seen in the past two months. Um, just some highlights that are relevant for in between and take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, we're going to talk about um, a show that opened quite some time ago about the work of Andrew Gunn, Singapore designer, um, who has his practice based in Paris. And we had the privilege of a tour with the curator, Jackie Yong. Um, and it was interesting to see all of the works on display. And we've already... Uh, had a chat with Jackie about you know what we liked of the show and you know on her egging you know, like also what we thought could be um I guess improved for future um, iterations of exhibitions like this because we see that you know there's a trend for such um, exhibitions featuring single designers not just in Singapore of course but you know yeah globally um in museums that aren't even you know uh, quote unquote like fashion museums. So what did you like about the show then? I think for me, I'm in this um, place where I'm yeah. really doing a lot of research for also for the school projects about multiculturalism and specifically the 90s when, when Andrew Gunn was really um, launching his brand. Mm. It was at a time when... Um, the Western fashion system was really incorporating a lot of elements from the other from other cultures. So to have um, Asian designers, Asian American designers, kind of taking their own voice, I think the exhibition allows us to see his work from this specific point in time, which was really great. And there was this one of his you know moments of shining was when he had a window display at Colette, the very cult Ooh. iconic Paris-based multi-label. Yeah. So I think I really like that and the fact that um, it's really hard to have a brand and so to be able to see the longevity of a brand is also was also really something I think a lot of my students really resonated with as yeah. aspiring fashion designers. Yeah, agreed. I think for me, um, you know, initially the way in for the museum or for the exhibition rather is through like what celebrities wore mm -hmm. um, with the Andrew Gunn pieces. And maybe it's just because of, you know, our training and our focus on processes. I think I would have liked to see um, more of the processes rather than sort of like the highlight pieces and having just um, celebrities be a way in for the fashion exhibition. I think that, you know, more could have been done with like unpicking what Andrew's kind of inspirations were and how he translates them. Having said that, I also appreciated the themes that ran through the exhibition because we could see, you know, some recurring sort of loves that the designer yeah. has that he revisits um, across various collections. So that was very cool to just chart that journey, right, through these um pieces. Yeah. And I definitely also like that Colette room. Actually, that Colette room was about processes. Yes. But it kind of came at the very end and it wasn't <laughs> physically tethered to the other rooms. 
so it felt like almost an afterthought but I don't think it was meant as an afterthought it was just you know the structure of the building and how it made sense yeah, to have it, it in that workroom yeah yeah um yeah I think maybe we that was yeah and I brought quite a few mm. class like groups of students yeah. after that as well um trying to link it to their level two projects so it was also nice for them to discover or rediscover, you know, a designer that they might not have been familiar with. So it did it did allow for this audience to see it too. Yes, and that I think is the most important thing, like outreach and just showing, you know, again, I think with um Jackie as well as um Kenny Thing, who is the director of ECM, um, they really want to show people that there's talent yes. here. And I think this exhibition succeeded in that regard. Um, what else do you see? There was also that Kabaya show at the Peranakan Museum that you've seen. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. you've had a look. So the it's called her Kabaya and it's looking at uh, it's looking more at a personal story of the wearers of the Kabaya. So that's a really nice take where we are looking at the um, the people who actually make the choices or might have commissioned these specific pieces. So that was really nice. And um we I saw it as part of the ninth festival. And I really enjoyed how they showed some really unusual fabrications, such as velvet. And there was even this kabaya with um, a bit of like a corsetry detail. Mm. And it really showed this multiculturalism, like different people from different um, cultures adopting this garment, either as they came in as new migrants or maybe to um because they admired the, the make of the of the garment so that was really really nice I and mean, it's a small exhibition but it was really rich in that respect yeah so aside from these museum exhibitions there have been lots of exhibitions happening in singapore i mean through the night festival lots of showcases um i also saw this very beautiful show called along the lines of which is a solo exhibition by bernie tan and curated by Kirti uh, Upadhyaya. And this was at the Hearth Art Outreach Space at Gilman Barracks in Singapore. And um, I don't, I guess it's not really about dress or fashion, but you know, it was about textiles, it was about the use of cloth and embroidery. Um, it was about kind of like looking at the medium and seeing what's possible. And I think what I enjoy about the show is really process, you know, that um, both Bernie and Kirti were very focused on how things came about, about also, for instance, like, you know, sewing something on and then unpicking the threads, but leaving, you know, that imprint of the pinpricks, for instance. And something that Bernie said um, in the tour that she and Kirti gave that stuck with me was about how usually when we think about embroidery, um, about using textiles, it seems very much tied to a conversation about women's labor yes. and how it's invisible and like craft is like women. Um, but I gather from their sharing that they kind of want to reject that, mm -hmm. you know, because why does it have to necessarily be about that? You know, why can't it just kind of ring on its own? And just be about the work rather than being subsumed almost mm -hmm. as you know being um in the domestic realm in the women's realm if in fact it's not even in many domestic households any longer you know yeah. the, the making or the sewing or the mending is not even 
really done by anyone or women or men. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we're coming so far uh, beyond that, that we can have conversations where it's just about the the art film. Yeah. yeah. Or about just like, is a material. It doesn't have to be feminine or masculine, right? It doesn't have to have a gender. And I think this is um, an interesting take, you know, sometimes we don't think so much about it because it's just like, yes, of course, it's amazing, you know, and this is like one step forward for womankind kind of thing. But actually, I, I really love that rejection. Um, and I hope I'm quoting or kind of like understanding it correctly. But from for me, I found it very exciting because, you know, in my own work, I try to not say things like, oh, you know, these are, for example, uh, women entrepreneurs I'm featuring. You know, I try to have... Um, usually both male and female speakers on a panel I'm uh, organizing, for instance, or if I'm talking about how an artist was really great, I won't say like, you know, this woman artist, because I think with those almost like qualifiers, right, like women, feminine, it just already signals some kind of specialness, you know, that needs to be added on in order for it to feel worthy or that it, you know, is something um, that needs to be shouted about. But having said that, I also know that some people really love to talk about embroidery and textiles as invisible labor or as women's labor. And now it's like having its time in the limelight. And that's also okay, but it's for each person to, to say and to express. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh my god, this was all about that gender thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, you know, um, I, that just reminds me also that um, I mean, we've had a few weeks now into the semester, and something that my students and I have been talking a lot about is also about like femininity and masculinity. Um, and I must say, like after discussing it for a while, it becomes a little confusing, you know, <laughs> because we realize that there are so many received ideas that we need to reject, not just in fashion, but I guess in life. I guess we can talk about that another time because we need to talk about um, Danny's upcoming walk <laughs> with the fashion multi-law. Yeah. yeah. So um, with Pixie and Weichi, we are hosting a hybrid walking tour of Kampong Glam. And we pitched this quite a long time ago, but we've been seeing a lot of links coming in. For example, there's been a heritage project where they are trying to document different heritage businesses in Kampong Glam. And it's not necessarily something we were looking at, but was a happy coincidence. And it seems like this rejuvenation or focus on the heritage of Kampong Glam, um, which is a neighborhood in Singapore that was initially um, uh, where many of the Arab and uh, Javanese and uh, Malay populations would have traded and, and lived in. Anyway, so as part of this uh, big rejuvenation or um, uncovering of uh, history, they are also including, um, they're, they're kind of tagging it together with this beat to uh, post the kebaya as an intangible heritage. And it's something that we're actually sharing with a couple of other countries in Southeast Asia, which is, I don't know how often that happens, but it's interesting to think that we can think about heritage and culture as something shared across borders rather than a national, um, just one national agenda. Yeah. Okay, so sign up for the, for the yes, walking tour. For the walking tour, um, it's part of the Fashion multi happening this Friday and Saturday. Yeah. 15 and 16. Cool. I'm sure we'll remember things that we forgot to talk about in this episode because we're feeling a bit rusty after not recording for a while. Yeah. But we'll be back regularly <laughs> from now on. 
Um, thank you so much for following us on this in-between journey. And we're very excited that we are creeping towards 100 episodes. I'm sure we'll cover something special for you guys by then. Um, for now, thank you so much and see you next episode. Bye.